Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Osiris. Welcome to another episode of Goose Chicks Podcast, an all-women-led show focused mostly on the band Goose and the community surrounding them while exploring all genres of live music. I'm Leslie Mack, producer and co-host, and on today's show, contributor Hannah and I are joined by Sarah J, podcast host and CEO of Dropped Among This Crowd Media, to talk all about the Residence Fest sit-in by Jake and Joel from Unfreeze McGee. Right after this quick break, our conversation about the intersection of Unfreeze and Goose. set in oh my god it was so good the only person that's ever sat in on this song besides jake and joel is trey his sit-ins were not like this which 
this was much more of a like collaborative space that both all of the musicians were really talking to one another. Trey's sit-ins, there were two of them, one during Taboos and one at Radio City were very much like, oh, he was just like playing in the background and then like took a solo. Um, and I think obviously there's just differences there, but to me, this was like one of the rare sit-ins that Goose sort of leaned into the style of the guests versus the other way around. Cause mostly they have guests for covers for the most part. Um, when you see them have special people come out, it's usually they're playing like no rain or like, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So this was really special, especially because it's like such a big um song for the community. So I think it was extra special because of that. I yeah. know I was shocked that this is what they were playing. Personally, uh, I was like, what? Empress, get the F out of here. It was great. Yeah, it was pretty cool that like I, that surprised me. And then also just like, to me, Umphreys has been such a part of this scene for such a long time. I mean, like, they that was just who everyone talked about when I was in college. Like, and they've supported Janet Goose Pete. so much. I mean, yeah. Goose played Red Rocks the first time because Umphreys invited them to come play and open for them. So like in um in 2020. So like I don't know. There there's just a lot there that I yeah. it just felt like really, really beautiful. Sarah, can you hear us? Sorry, we just started talking. I, we we no, talk no, about no, this a lot. So <laughs> no, I'm listening. And you know what's really great? I was really excited. If you guys can hear me, okay. Sorry if I'm cutting it out. Um I was really excited to talk to you ladies about is because I I will admit, and I've admitted this a bunch of times on my own show and on my YouTube channel and stuff. Um, I don't know very much about Goose. I don't know uh, uh, anything at all, honestly, about their catalog. Um, so I'm very interested to to hear what you guys had to say about the song choice to have them sit in, because I know from my perspective when Umphreys has people sit in, you know, I think about that and kind of gauge of like, okay, yeah, cover original, you know, exactly what you guys were saying. So I'm, I'm so glad you kind of led off with that because that was going to be my main question for the two of you was from where you guys stand, what was it like to have them sit in on, on an original tune? Um, you know, yeah. because I, I don't, I don't know Goose like that. So I can't say for me, I mean, I've listened to it numerous times. I've watched the video. Mm -hmm. um, I think everybody really melded well together, the different tones and Beautiful. styles of playing. Yeah. And um, forgive me, what is, what is the lead singer's name? I'm Rick's name. That's okay. No, no, don't. Okay, yeah, no, I love it. No you, nobody's um, required to know a lot about was it. Is Rick the lead singer? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is. I'm so sorry. Like I will, I will admit it. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I think that his style, like the way that him and Jake played together was really like, they were both very patient. They listened to each other. Sure. They came together really well, their tone and their sound, because sometimes you know, an idea of a sit-in with two guitarists sounds really great, but mm -hmm. then it happens and you're kind of disappointed and that is happens, <laughs> you know? And then I think that this was really executed very well. And, you know, nobody stepped over each other's toes. You know, it was, it was very nice. And, and I think Rick, you know, he, he held his own against Jake. Yeah, he I really did. Like, let's he, wait, he, I, know. I think we should start recording. 
I'm recording. I'm recording. Oh, you are? Yeah, oh, we've been okay. recording. Um, oh, okay. I'll, I want to just just answer your first question about how we felt about the song choice. So I was noting, I think right before you pop back on that, um, usually when Goose has folks sit in with them, they do covers for the most part. That's like the standard. They'll do like No Rain or, you know, like the other person's song, Big Boy, came out and they did So Fresh and So Clean, things like that. And so I actually went back to look and see if anybody else had um, sat in on this particular song with Goose. And the only other person that has is Trey Anastasio. And the two times he sat in with them, one was during the Two Boost tour and the other was um, at Radio City. It wasn't... Um, a conversation sit in. It was very much like, oh, he's sitting in with them and then he's going to take a solo and then they're going to play the song pretty much the way that they, they usually do and jam it out the way they normally do. This was very different. And I will say like just sitting in the audience, they announced that Joel and Jake were coming out. First of all, I, I need to just mention that they had had like a really disruptive um, set just before um, Goose's set that night. Um, yeah. Second set, they had somebody come jump on stage, disrupt yeah. in the middle of the show. It was very, <laughs> very disorienting for everybody, yeah. like literally. So I wanted to just name that like, it was kind of a um, a little bit, I don't know, just like a weird night, generally speaking, because that disruption had happened. And there were many stages to that, like the person being tackled and like taken away. And it was it was a lot of drama. So I just one commend them for even like coming and doing the sit in after that disruption happened during their set, because that's really unsettling for a performer like someone literally coming on the stage while you're while you're doing your thing. Um, so just the consummate professionals that they are. I, I just wanted to shout that out as well. Um <laughs> Shout but out then, to the residents crew for oh yeah they, because... they handled that snippety snap quickly shout out to them but then Thanks. for me you know this particular song the empress of, of organos is like a goose fan like this is our song um they usually close shows with it either usually it's a lot of times the encore or the last song of the second set it's sort of our like you know we like love to be together. The message of it is like, we've got the love and rhythm. And a lot of times it's like, you know, people are being negative, but we as a community, we're positive. We say what a day to be living. And it's a really positive, like uplifting song. And we adore when we get to sing it all together. You know, in the show, there's two points where there's audience participation, where we all clap together. So it's a really um, community, like, fire, you know, sh song for us. And so for me, sitting back there as an Umphreys fan and obviously a huge Goose fan, I was like, oh my God, this is like dream come true. Great song, amazing song for the community. And then just to see what Joel and Jake were going to do with it, I was just immediately like, oh, on high alert, just really, really excited. Um, I noted a few things because I listened to watch just today and I've listened to watch it plenty of times, but coach um, John Lombardi, who is the, um, who does all of the uh, broadcasting for Goose live streaming. He ran out just when the announcement, when they announced they were coming out and like pulled extra cameras, uh, like covers off of extra cameras, which meant we were going to, I once I saw him do that, I was like, oh, this is great because this means now the show itself has incorporated um, Joel and Jake into direct cameras that were going to just show them. And I was really excited about that. Um, and then you also hear Peter at the beginning um, say to Joel, like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then we'll just take it from there. And that to me was really such an indication that this was going to be a musical conversation amongst these musicians. And I was I was just pumped just to get to that. Hannah, did you have anything to add about like song choice and like what your thoughts were when they when you when they started Empress and like 
what what you were thinking. We were like right next to each other, I think. So we were. Um, out. I guess to me, I'm gonna be real honest. Some of the people who were with us from the Cincy Trash Crew, they grew up in the Ohio jam band scene, like I did, but they're not 100 sold on Goose. They're like you know, they were 70% sold on Goose. And after the Umphreys sit in, they're like 95% sold on Goose. Because even though Umphreys might not be a band that like our crew sees all the time and like no one goes on tour with them, just like they know how important Umphreys is to the scene. And so to them, they were like, well, if they sat in with Goose, I guess Goose is kind of a big deal. Like not because Tyler and I talk about them all the time, but because of this sit-in. And so for me, that was like, you know, my favorite word is magical. For me, that was just a magical experience because it was like, I could shut up and stop talking about how awesome Goose was and just let this, this sit-in speak for itself. Yeah. And then, like you said, I don't want to, um, re- you know, rehash it, but just that song choice was so meaningful as a Goose fan. So. Yeah. It was fun. Really good. (laughs) That's special. Like, I love to hear that so much um, because, you know, I've I've only seen Goose once. I saw them. It was pre-COVID and it was at this very tiny bar in Buffalo that, you know, now in hindsight, I should be very grateful that I saw them in such a small venue. They played the after show after Mo played three nights here. And they actually pressed a vinyl. I don't know if they did like a whole stream thing of it, um, but they did a vinyl pressing of the Nietzsche show here in Buffalo. So I know for them... Out here in these streets, that particular show is very, very Yeah, so like I've heard this, you know, in the Goose community, that's a big deal. And that was my first and only Goose show. And, you know, it's... I don't love it and that's okay because there's just so many kinds of music and that's the great thing about music and having these conversations and these different bands and having them sit in with each other and do all these different things is having different different tastes and different ideas allows for interesting conversations. I will say, however, though, that I love their vibe. They just... They absolutely love what they do. And you can tell they're very talented musicians. Their popularity has been very amazing to watch, you know, just kind of how, especially at a time where the pandemic and everything, you know, kind of shifted, it didn't kind of definitely shifted everything in the music industry and how they were able to kind of use that in an advantage to where they are now. And you know, I will tell you, their covers are very well done. Um, my mom is a huge Moody Blues fan. Mm. And so growing up, I saw a lot of Moody Blues. And their cover of Nights in White Satin, oh, so <laughs> I always, I props all day long for that. Because first of all, nobody covers the moody blues <laughs> like, they, always, they do they find these pockets of these really great songs i think you know rick is really smart about the choices he makes and what they're going to cover they come out of nowhere and it's everything from from the moody blues to like a fifth of beethoven and electric avenue like it's all of these very eclectic things that i think from them from their standpoint musically gives them a lot of space and room um, yep. to really make things their own. And it's it's one of the things I love about Goose is the their unexpected covers. It's very much like you never know what they're going to pull out and what new thing they're going to, shiny toy they're going to bring out for us to enjoy. Yeah, 
definitely, definitely. So I can, you know, I can really, <clears throat> I can really respect that, um, you know, not only to do a cover so well, I mean, Rick's voice was so nice on that. So very comparable to Justin Hayward. Um, but just to take that on, like I said, <laughs> people are covering, you know, Beatles and, and Zeppelin and everybody else. And we cover the Pony Blues. So that says something. I'm like, all right, I see you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I wanted to shout out the um, jellyfish lady at at resonance as well if you see the video yes. you see this like giant jellyfish going through the crowd she was making the rounds of the entire um basically the entire venue and i, I don't know how she was moving so quickly through the crowd it was really amazing but also she was really prominently featured featured in the video of this um this sit-in and so i was just 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 vibing with her and just looking at her remembering she kept coming back to us and then back up front and she was everywhere it was really great i um, love that i actually really talked to her at the end and uh so i think the reason why she was like so high energy is she actually what i think was miracle her ticket for that day uh from people i actually know and so um that we all know um and so she just felt the need to like really give back to the audience because she got these tickets because her friends couldn't go. And so she just felt this like sense of responsibility. Like I want to bring that energy. And I like teared up when she told me that because like, that's just what a lovely thing to think about, you know? So yeah, she's awesome. That's really amazing. I love, love stuff like that. That's what I always tell people when I try to like explain it to People in the, I'm doing air quotes, real world. <laughs> you know, and I, I tried to like kind of explain it more. It's like, it is the music, but it's it's more than the music. It's that, that you just explained. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I thought was really unique about this particular sit-in was that, it, from my perspective anyway, especially watching it back a couple of times, was that uh, I think that this rendition really leaned into Ump's sound more than it, morphed as a uh, add-on to Goose's sound. And there were a couple things that I noted. One, um, that Rick and Jake started trading licks in the intro of the song before the first verse even started. They had started already going back and forth. Also, Peter's exuberance immediately was like, hell yeah. Just he, he's a very vocal and very excited. And so you could hear him multiple times being that excited about it. So that was the first thing. And then You'll note a couple of times Rick actually takes Jake's normal, you know, Jake's dance, Sarah, obviously, um, yeah. <laughs> when he plays. And Rick does not do that. I, I will say, like, usually he does like this little hippie shake thing and his his feet are very close together and maybe slightly apart. Definitely not the deep stance that, that Jake generally takes when he does solos. And so I saw a couple of times Rick took Jake's stance to kind of get into the, the vibe that the whole song was taking on. And I thought that was really amazing and really cool to see just there was even a physical um, exchange in the way that they were playing with each other. And I also, um, just to for folks that are listening and don't know a lot about Goose. Um, Rick has a new guitar called Empress. He debuted it earlier this year. And there's been a lot of chatter about if it was a good choice for him or a bad choice. I love Empress. I've jokingly said if I, I would not leave my husband for anyone, but Empress 
if somehow that guitar asked me to leave my husband, I would probably say yes. Um, so Billy, Jake I would, has one, it's called Mother Earth. Uh, so. See? Okay, so, so I, see I was excited to see how Empress would hang with somebody like Jake, who is such a strong um, lead guitar player and what that would sound like. Like how, how would Empress respond and what, what would Rick do with it? Because he's known for his intricate picking and that's great, of course, Joel is a big chord person and his, his like his instrument is so heavy and so beautiful. And, um, I don't know, emotive for me when I hear, um, um, play and Jake does his solos. I'm always like, Oh my God, like I feel it in my chest. It's so, so, you know, rooted and Rick can sometimes be more airy. It's a lot more light, a little lighter, not that he doesn't get down, but it's just two different styles. And so to me, Rick really leaned in and, and kind of altered his, his playing style for this sit-in and it was really beautiful. I, he also stuck his tongue out a bunch, which we've been getting lately, but a lot in this song, which usually is like, everything's <laughs> rocking really hard. And, um, <laughs> At like 10 minutes, 25 seconds, um, to me, that was when we switched from Goose World to Ump's World in the song. Yeah. It mm -hmm. kind of tilted on its axis and uh, shout out to Andrew Getty, who does Goose's Lights. He even signaled it visually to the audience. And it was for me, like it washed over me and I was like almost tearing up a little bit because it was like, oh my God, it was like my favorite thing happened. It was like that aha video, you know, where they're like, color and then like there um you know and and drawing and it felt like a switch that kind of switch in the the world of the song and it was just beautiful for me to watch definitely definitely and then what was the other thing i noted was at about 12 minutes 45 seconds there's this moment of like where do we go now which always happens in a jam y'all know um and i love that they they let that sit it's such a hallmark to note these are really great musicians and jam musicians specifically because obviously non-jam musicians, this might be very awkward for them to sit in that place of like, we don't quite know where we're going to go with this. And it was, to me, it just showed so much trust with each other, so much um, respect for each other as musicians that they didn't feel like they had to jump in or somebody had to say something. It was like, no, we can we can sit here for a couple bars, let things settle and then figure out where we want to go from here. And I really, I, I just love that. It was just that comfortable, uh, that comfortable silence when you're just chilling with friends and you're all just hanging out, nobody saying anything. It's like, yeah. It's gorgeous. And then my last notation, well, I have two more sound uh, numbers time stamps of 14 20 seconds is when I feel like it didn't it wasn't a melding it was like we were full umps at that point in the song and um listening to Jake's big chords with Rick's picking it was like a perfect melding um at that point in the song and I mean I, I, I go back to that particular point in the um sit in many times both listening to it and on the video because to me, it was just like, wow, this is something really, really special. And I felt really blessed to be able to witness it in person. It was really beautiful. That that moment where they were going back and forth and then they started playing together and the two styles really melded so well. And yeah, it was just really beautiful. I can't say enough about it. It was so great. <laughs> I, I agree. Everything that you're saying, I agree with 100%. And I just... 
I will say also, I love listening to you talk because it sounds like when I'm talking about a jam and so many times when I am in crowds with people talking about jams, people come up and they always look at the males in the circle when they're talking about jams. And I'm over here just dropping so much knowledge and insight and whatever, and nobody's listening. And I think it's fantastic to have this conversation with you ladies. So (laughs) that was just awesome to hear you just talk about all that and the timestamps and you're just speaking my love language right now. So we we (laughs) dissect a lot. So, I mean, for us, it's like a big part of why we love the, the music so much. I mean, we listen to the boards a lot of times. I mean, we go back to the same shows and we're not a like dissect um, shows, you know, jam by jam. We really kind of highlight the things we really love about a show or a run. Um, but we do have very strong feelings about the specificity <laughs> of the jams and what we do and don't like about them and what works and what didn't work. And this, I mean, it just hit all the cylinders of a good jam band performance and both in length, the, the conversation was just so present. You could mm-hmm. see them talking and both of them had their eyes closed at one point, but the conversation was still flowing. And that's when you know they're in that flow state and just the beauty that comes out of those moments in jam band music is just like, that's the sweet stuff. That's what we all are there for, really. I agree. I would love for either one of you, both of you, whatever, to send me some versions of this song that you like. I have not gotten around to listening to, you know, a version without somebody sitting in. And so I would love to hear that. So please choose some of your favorites and email them to me. I would love to hear them and, you know, then go back and listen to this and kind of do a comparison from there too. But I think you'll be surprised how how significant a difference this was. I mean, it really will stick out. I'll send, we'll send like two or three that are some of our favorites, but I, and I'll send you the trick, the trace it in as well from Taboos in particular. Um, because I think that was the one he was more sit in Radio City was a little, it was such a one-off. He was only supposed to stay for three songs and then stayed for the whole set. So I think that anything beyond those three songs, he was just kind of like noodling up there. But Taboos yeah. was a little more planned. Um, uh, so definitely, I think that's another thing to compare. Like, like I said, it's the only other sit-in they've done with this song has been with Trey. So I think it's a good comparison too. Um, For sure. The last timestamp that I wanted to mention was 1729. Again, trading back and forth. And also um, Pete at one point was like kneeling next to... Uh, he was kneeling at the keys and it was so cute. He was just like looking up, like his hands were like uh, at his face level. And it, it just, again, it just showed how much they, I mean, I know they really just love and respect um, both musicians and all of Umphreys so, so much. And um, they're just great people and it's it shown through. And even at the end, you know, Peter doesn't swear that much, but when he swears, we take note. And he's like, these guys are the shit. So that's what, that, that's like, it's a very, rare you hear him swear um on the mic and he was feeling it so yeah it was great what were you saying Hannah oh um just like when you talk about timestamps and the way that you you dissect stuff Leslie I've learned a lot participating in this podcast about how to do that I think it's something that even when if you're a woman and you've been around jam band scenes for a while you don't necessarily do because kind of like what Sarah said, no one expects you to. And so like you'll touch on stuff that I can't necessarily articulate. So I appreciate that. 
But then also, Sarah, um, part of the reason why I reached out to you to collaborate is because when Chelsea was preparing for summer camp, um, you came up in my feed because I was following summer camp and like you had tagged them. And the way that you had written your post, I was like, this kind of sounds like an Unfreeze podcast, very similar to our podcast for Goose. So I click on your uh, Instagram page and I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks so much like what we strive for with GCP. And so I really wanted to reach out to you because it it is a different formula of podcasting about a jam band. It's not just dissecting, oh, that's a sick jam, that's a sick jam, like that sort of thing. There's a lot of other conversations that are that we can have about jam band culture. And it seems like you do that. So I appreciate your podcast and what you do for the Umphreys community and for you being so willing to, you know, try and do meetups and collaborate and stuff like that. I just, I appreciate that. And um, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Thank you. Well, it it means a lot to me. I mean, doing this, it's now grown into a media company that is is my full-time job and and a bunch of other things that uh, I do now in in the music industry and within the Umphreys world and community. And just to hear you say that, sometimes I still forget that the podcast is beyond my four walls and there's people listening and, you know, people see your yeah. posts on Instagram, you know, sometimes I forget. And, and when people like you reach out or, or somebody will stop me at a show and I'm just like, oh yeah, I forget sometimes that people are listening. And it's really cool to see what you guys are doing too, because like I said, it's, it's just awesome to have all the chicks in the, in the music and to talk about their favorite thing and have these different conversations. Like you said, not only the music, but just the culture and the community and the different niches and the, and all the parts of it. It's so fascinating to me. And that's what really had me start. My show was, first of all, I didn't really have anybody to talk to about Humphreys. <laughs> I needed an outlet because people in my life were sick of hearing me talk. Necessity is the mother of invention, I guess, is the phrase. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so that's why I started my show. But then it was so fascinating to me because we're so different. Like when you go to an Humphrey show or a Goose show or any different show, it's like we look so different on the outside. We're different ages. We're different genders. We work in different jobs. We're all so different, but we all come together for this one thing that it is. And whether it's Umphreys or it's Goose or it's Fish or it's whatever it is, you know, everybody has their thing. But it's so fascinating to me, the community that comes around a band and that forms around it and the people and the part of it. And, and it's just so fascinating to me. It is. And that's really why we started this show. One, there wasn't an all women show talking about Goose, although there's plenty of Goose, several Goose podcasts. But we just felt there was a hole yeah. in terms of like really addressing things we felt were important to the community. So we've covered things like, you know, what's it like to be sober at a Goose show? What's the sober community yeah. like? We've covered um, bringing kids to shows, best practices for that. We've covered consent culture with Ashley from yeah. Groove Save. So for us, it was like we wanted to bring these conversations into this particular community 
from our POV as women. And then also just be like, yeah, we have a lot to say about the music also. Um, yes. and so we're going to talk about it in the way that feels right for us. And we're just as knowledgeable as anybody else out there. We listen to just as many shows. We go to just as many shows. And yep. um, one of the things that I find, you know, I've been a jam band fanatic for like the better part of 30 years. And um, I've seen so many bands almost any jam band that's been out in the last 30 years. I've at least seen them once. And some I've seen quite a few times, Umphreys included. And one of the things that was really unique when I started going to see Goose is that 50% usually of the rail of Goose shows are women. And so for me, it was like such a, it was so different, so unique in jam band culture. And I wanted to kind of talk with people like, why is that? Like, what is it about this band and this community that's formed around them that's made it an inviting space for women to feel that they can be themselves, that they can be together, that they can claim space where usually we're sort of like fighting um, for just, you know, autonomy um, in some of these jam band spaces. And so that's the other kind of kernel that we've been tossing around and kind of runs through all of our shows is this notion of like, what is it about this band that makes it some place that we as women feel we can be ourselves and connect with each other. Like the ladies room at Goose Shows is like the best place on earth. Um, it's like literally just, just a sea of flowing beauty and connection and wonderfulness. And so we wanted to bring some of that to the podcast space because it was it. missing. It was just missing. So, I yeah. love it. I love it. It was, it was. And, you know, having these collaborations and, you know, I, I'm already the wheels are churning with other things that uh, I would love to do with you ladies. Um, but this is just so great. I've been looking forward to it all day. And I definitely want to make sure that we talk about Ben basically going on tour for a little bit with Umphreys. Oh my gosh, you don't even know. So of course, this happens all the time. We go to do the show, they'll announce some crazy shit. And then we're like, guess we got to talk about that now. So of course, we're coming up to do the show with you. And we're like, well, got another thing to talk about. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. So exciting. So exciting. Six shows, I think I counted. And he does like Alabama and Asheville, which... I'm doing the whole tour starting next week in New Jersey. So I'll catch three of those shows. So I'm excited. Which shows are um, you going to? I'm going to be in the, the first night one of Asheville. So I hope you're there. Maybe. I will be there. Yes. I, oh my yes. gosh. Yes. yes. We, we have to link up for sure. I'm so excited. I would go the 26th as well, but in the bathroom. We Yes. In the bathroom yes. or wherever. Yeah. I'm so excited. First of all, yeah, Venice, email Venice, me your the, phone number and we will, we'll link up. We'll make it happen. Absolutely. And it's funny because I just saw Dark Side of the Mule last night here in Charlotte and Jason nice. Bonham opened for them. And nice. Jason's also sitting in um, and, and, you know, filling in for Chris while he recovers. Shout out to Chris. Please recover cover well. I'm so happy that you're taking the rest and time that you need and that these amazing drummers doing trucks, Ben, Jeremy um, Salkin and Jason Bono have stepped in to support Umphreys on this next run. One, it just speaks so much to the community that jam band musicians are. I've been calling the last five years a jamissance because it feels like a whole, you know, array of not just bands, but collaboration with each other, a community of musicians that is so rich and robust right now. I haven't seen it in so long. It's been like so beautiful to watch. Sarah, have you, do you agree with that or or no? I do. And you know, it's really interesting too, is because, you know, whatever your 
your mode of, of social media is, you know, whether it's the Facebook groups or some people are still on the board, which I guess is still around or fantasy tour used to be a thing a long time ago, kind of showing my age here with the jam scene. Um, but you know, there's so much hate with the fans against the bands and, and, like I said earlier, you know, there's just so much music. How can you just say you don't like it? Don't hate it. Right. <laughs> you know, like it's okay to not like it. Um, but these collaborations show that that's all you guys, because the bands don't feel that way. Exactly. And they make it clear. They make it so clear. They make it so clear that that's not their vibe. That's not what yep. they're about. I mean, I think Trey sitting in with Goose and then, you know, taking them on tour was a big, I think it was a big signifier because they had been getting a lot of hate from Fish fans. And it was sort of like, listen, Trey's obviously sold. Why don't you guys just chill? Um, And so I love seeing these collaborations. Also, like Ben, his name, Akin, is very uh, apt. He is one of the most kind human beings that you know, you'll ever encounter. Just so sweet. Um, We had his mom on the show uh, in May. She's a therapist and she came on to talk about mental health and um, mental health awareness month. She's absolutely brilliant. Shout out to you, June. And um, so, yeah, Ben is just the sweetest. And so I'm just excited to see him get to rock out. And it's one of those things, you know, Rick's been playing all over everywhere with Phil Lesh, you know, with Bob Weir, with all these people and Pete and Rick get to sit in with um, folks quite often. And so I'm so excited that Ben is getting um, to do more as well. And he just was out with his band, Elephant Funk. Um, They just did a whole um, tour recently. I think they're wrapping up like tonight and tomorrow, I think in Connecticut, but they've been, that's been really well received. And so, yeah, I'm just excited for all of them to continue to grow as musicians and to be able to play with some of their heroes and the people that they, you know, came up in the jam band scene loving so much. And so I I know this is a huge moment for Ben and it's very, very exciting for all of us. So I expect to see a lot of Goose fans at those shows is what I'm really trying to say. I thought about that too. I mean, there's going to be the crossover now is there's Mm going to be a lot of Goose fans that are going to come and want to see this because it's such an awesome experience musically. As an Umphreys fan for 17 years, over 100 shows, I'm very excited to experience somebody else behind the kit. I mean, I love Chris. People always ask me, who's your all-time favorite drummer? And I'm like, can I say Chris Meyer? You should, for (laughs) sure. Just saying. Like, I mean, I'm going to say it. I don't know what that's about. (laughs) And also one of the busiest drummers in the music scene, quiet as it's kept or not so quiet. Just noting that, like, Chris is like everywhere. I mean, everywhere. Literally everywhere. For real, for real. (laughs) So, Um, like, I'm excited because... You know, Ben can learn how to play Umphrey songs, but Ben is still going to have his style and his sound and his whatever. Totally. And so I'm really excited to see what, what his his little flavor and his artistic idea. And, and who knows, maybe they're going to play Jajunk and Ben's sitting there and he goes, you know what, guys? What if we played this section like this? Mm, yeah. And they play it and it like, cha- you know, you never know what's going to happen having these. It's in true, there. and it's so interesting. When I looked at the slate that they've announced so far, I know there's a couple of dates that they haven't announced who's going to sit in, but like they're such different drummers. They play with such different bands and such different mm-hmm. styles. So again, it's just a you know such a 
testament to the versatility of Umphreys and their music, which is that they, that Dwayne Trucks can sit in and Ben from Goose can sit in and Jason Bonham can sit in. You know, yep. these, these are, um, you know, yes, yeah, sorry, Hannah, you're right. Elephant proof. I said that wrong. What did I say? Elephant funk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was like, wait, am I wrong? I was just thinking, no, you're right. It's Elephant Proof is Ben's band that he just finished finishing up a tour with right now. Um, He was in that band before he joined Goose. And so, um, yeah, again, it's just a testament to the sustaining power and the musicianship of all of Umphreys that they're able to like, yeah, we don't care. What do you play? You can play with us. Like just that entire countenance. I just think it's beautiful. When I saw that lineup, I was like, wow, Umphreys... they just yeah I think it's gonna be interesting to see is like um you know actually goose fans get shit on especially the women fans because we uh, oftentimes like other types of genres like I know I saw some shit talking about like people posting in goose Facebook pages not goose related I'm going to Taylor Swift and like oh my god you would have thought that it was like the a war crime that they were going to see Taylor Swift okay And so, but my point is that some of these huge Goose fans, um, Goose is the only jam band that they listen to. So they got super into Goose. And so these people are going to be going on um, to Umphrey shows and like, it's going to change the dynamic of the crowd potentially if enough Goose fans go who aren't used to it. So I'm just, I think that's like a cool aspect too of these collaborations is like people are getting exposed to music that maybe they never would have listened to otherwise. Yeah. It's true. And that's what I mean about the Jamisons is like there's a spillover as all yeah. of these bands fans start to interact with each other. I'm going to see Eggy next week. That's another great up and coming um, jam band that I think we're seeing as part of this Jamisons. People like fans of other bands are like, oh, yeah, I want to check out Eggy or I want to check out Dogs on a Pile. Or, I want to check out whoever. I think it's Kendall Street Company. I mean, the list goes on. There's so many, you know, young bands that are coming up in the scene right now. And that's why I say, I, I, we've never had this level of this deep a bench of different types of jam bands that we can pick and choose from. So like hating on a band makes no sense. Like find the one that's yours or the few that you love and, and just ride hard. It also seems like there's less rules. Like, you know, I feel like 10 years ago when I was listening to a lot of jam band music, there are all these rules like, well, that's not a real jam band or whatever. And like now Mm -hmm. there's more uh, collaborations with bands that maybe aren't like Goose has collaborated with people who I wouldn't consider to be jam band. Like I would consider to be like indie rock or something like that. And so and like, I think there's even been conversations with like indie rock bands being like, oh, I love jam bands, but like, I just don't do that. And then like jam band people, including the guys in Goose being like, well, we really respect what you guys do. It's not what we do. And so I think that's part of the Renaissance too, is like, fuck the rules. Like, we just want to play music with our homies and like, yeah, just play music high. and have a good time. Yeah, and there's, yeah. there's just a lot of fluidity with people and they're just like we just want to play music and I don't know if maybe maybe that came out of of the the pandemic of COVID and and so many musicians and music and people not being able to play together that now it's like let's let's play together because we can you know so maybe that is is something that thankfully came from not having that time with music is you know, it's made musicians be like, no, we want to play together as much as possible. Totally. <laughs> you know, and just the creative energy that flows back and forth. You know, I know even here doing this podcast with you guys, this is the level that we are creative. And like I said, I've already got so many ideas. 
So I'm the same thing happens when musicians get together, you know, it's, it's the same thing. So I, I get it. You, you just, you get that energy and you're like, yeah, this is, this is fun. <laughs> it's fantastic. I want to mention for all the Goose fans that are listening um, to our side of this conversation on our feed. Um, if you signed up for the Coda Collection on Amazon Prime, Umphreys has an amazing uh, Red Rocks repeat. Their 2016 run at Red Rocks is up on there. And I would highly, highly recommend that you check it out. Um, just I just wanted to throw that out there because Goose just added a bunch of their cap run and also the Radio City shows to that Coda Collection. So I know a lot of us signed up and are watching on there. It's a- it's worth it too. I think what is it oh all God, like so 99, but there's so many music documentaries and concerts and whatever. Concerts from because the 70s, concerts from so, so many. It was concerts. ridiculous. It's really, like, it's, a, it's a, a wealth, uh, you know, it's an embarrassment of riches in that collection. But I wanted to highlight the Red Rocks repeat. I watched it like, two weeks ago or something like that. I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm pretty so good. And I think um, the Ryman 2019, maybe it was 2019, the Ryman run is on there too. That one I watched and that one was really good too. That's like a bucket list venue for me. I want to go and see Umphreys at the Ryman. Yeah, we... So bad. You at Ryman? No, I I saw Goose. They played three three nights there this past year. It was... Nice. Very spectacular, yeah. super special. Yeah. I mean, it's the church of rock and roll. So yeah, I was supposed to be there. And then I had a work conference that I oh, right. that conveniently couldn't. forgot about when I committed to going to the Ryman and then was like, fuck. It was beautiful. Um, yeah, it was really great. A lot of uh Peter's mom was there, I got to chat with her a little bit. It was beautiful. Um, it was just yeah, I mean that that place is so hollowed and you can feel you know, the history in it. The energy. The yeah, energy. the energy. Even the acoustics. I mean, just something very special there. And so it was great to... My whole thing is like, well, the first time they're playing places, I want to just like see it because it's only... You only yeah. do it once, first once. So yeah, I've been trying to catch as many as I can as, as they've been playing these bigger, more historic venues, which is exciting. Um, so what's coming up for you, Sarah, on your, y'all show? I mean, obviously, um, says touring per use. Uh, what, what's, what's the haps over there? Uh, well, there's always a lot going on at DATC. Uh, my show is going to start working on summer tour recap. So it'll start with the that's and then I'm excited to get to talk about the Buffalo show, which is where I am. I live in the suburbs of Buffalo, New York. Um, so working on that. Also, my uh, company, DATC Media, has launched a new show about the sober community. Uh, it's the Much Obliged podcast, a yellow balloon experience. Um you can check that out anywhere you podcast. Um, I think there are 12. I volunteered at um, Fish Wilmington Night One with Ashley from Groove Safe, and the people from the Yellow Balloons were right next to us. So I got to meet a couple of the people who are really involved with Yellow Balloon for Fish. And then during set break, as we know from doing our show, on that topic, they trying to get in a meeting during set break. And so we actually, like, they were right behind us doing their meeting and it was really cool um, just to see that experience. And like, you know, Ashley and I um, do like drink alcohol on occasion or whatever. So, but like, we both found it to be so powerful just to see that level of community and engagement. And um, 
you know, they would, people would come up and like hug the couple that was in charge of the booth. And they were just so excited to see each other. You know, some of them hadn't seen each other in a really long time. There were people who came up who had connected on social media and it was their first time attending a fish show, not, um, using alcohol or drugs or anything like that. And so that was a really cool experience. I think it's awesome that Sarah is doing an entire spinoff podcast series on the Yellow Balloon experience. So I think it's great too, because that Yellow Balloon experience has ballooned outside of any individual (laughs) band, right? Like Goose has a hot tea party. And I think this idea of making space for people to be sober and support, be supported in their sobriety at shows while understanding lots of stuff is happening at the show around them, right? It's, you know, it can be very, I imagine, intimidating if you're newly sober or just trying to maintain your sobriety. And so I think it's such an important part of the jam band scene that this is something that is consistently shows up. The band has a good number of people that are considered fans that they, that that one of these groups will spring up. And um, we, we did our show with, um, with Matt from um, a hot tea party. I just remember it was such a, I don't know, so much information that he shared um, about that. And then we had two sober fans that were on um, with us to talk about their experiences, how they got sober, and then what it's been like being a Goose fan, a sober Goose fan. And even like when I was at that fish show, like I am not in recovery, but I didn't use use any substances at that show because I'm volunteering for consent culture. So like knowing that there are other people who are also sober at that show, it's like, oh yeah, like I'm not alone. And it's just a totally different experience. Um, especially at fish, I've noticed at least in my anecdotal experience, people at fish shows are more likely to come up and talk to you if you're by yourself. And so there were people who were like kind of spun out sitting down to talk to me and being, you know, no alcohol, not even pot, nothing. I was just like, okay, like I'll talk to this person. But it was just like totally different than if I was partying, you know, I don't know. It was just interesting. I love it. Um, Sarah, I know we broke up, we were just continuing the conversation about like how great it's been seeing these yellow balloon communities pop up. Goose has one as well, Hot Tea Party. And we did an episode with uh, one of the founders of our the group within Goose community and two um, sober Goose fans about their experiences. And so I, I, it was just an eye-opening conversation for me anyways, just to experience and witness and, and talk with them and, you know, understanding the complexities of being sober in the music scene, especially in the jam band scene, and then the beauty of this really deep support uh, systems that have, you know, been created within these um these communities. So I'm so excited you're doing kind of a spinoff show really focused just on that because I think it's really important and it really speaks to the ways in which music can connect people um, outside of just a show and outside of just experiencing what's happening on stage. Um, You know, we've been toying around with this concept of, you know, it's the 50th anniversary of hip hop this weekend, actually. And, um, you know, there's five elements of hip hop and we've been discussing like, what are the elements of jam band community? What is, what is the, the elements of jam bands? And so, um, I think this notion of of defining community through connection is one of the pillars. Um, and these sober communities are really indicative of that. So yeah, obviously. I feel like we might have to add podcasts into the mix at this point too, because they've become <laughs> such a big part of the scene as well. So I'll have to have to pick that put that put a pin in that one and see if it yeah, put that one in there for yeah, sure. It was really interesting to to talk to the 
to the people that, you know, formed the Much Obliged group, which is the Umphreys group, and to hear them talk about how far it's branched into, apparently there are professional sports teams that have sober communities now too. I mean, it's really branched into all the different kind of entertainment things, people's, you know, outlets and, and yeah. And things like that. And it's really good. It's shifting the narrative and, and that conversation that people are having with drugs and alcohol. And I think that's important on so, 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 so many levels. Absolutely. Well, I know we're coming up on our time and also you've got shit to do today, Sarah. So we want to let you get to go and do that. (laughs) This was amazing. Obviously, I mean, I honestly could spend two hours talking just about this one song sit in. I know it was just 20 minutes, but it was really impactful to me and just a really beautiful um, melding of musical worlds for me personally and just beautiful. I mean, Hannah can tell you, I was just like freaking out in the back while we were standing (laughs) by the lighting rig because I really wanted to. I love that so much though. I, I love hearing people have that experience with music and and witnessing it in, in the crowds and stuff. And, and just to hear you say everything that you were saying about it was it was very awesome. So thank you for inviting me to do this and and this collaboration. And I'm Same. excited to Absolutely. And what's I'll see to come for weeks. us and what's to come for Gibson Humphreys. Absolutely. I know. That's and exciting. I'll see, I'll see you in a couple of weeks, which is extra <laughs> exciting. So um that's gonna be really fun. And yeah, I, I mean I think Goose is gonna Goose is going to show up for Ben. I'll say that. Like, he's just the most amazing person. He, like, gave me a shout out from the stage on my birthday. This is the level of kindness that he shows to the fans. He's just that kind of, you know, open-hearted. Um, his fiance Sam, is. she always comes to the line, gives people, makes sure everyone's hydrated. I mean, it's that level of care and concern that they have for the community that is the Goose community. So, um, yeah. It's I'm going to grab another picture. I'm getting getting all the photos for... <laughs> for social media. Give it up for Jake and Joel from Humphreys. Fuck yeah. Those guys are the shit. Goose Chicks Podcast is produced by Leslie Mack, that's me, with support from sound engineer Matt Dwyer, co-host Alexius Lipo, and contributors Chelsea Long and Hannah Liebreich. Special thanks to our sponsors Ben & Jerry's and Sunset Lake CBD for their support. We are a proud member of the Osiris Media family. You can check us out on socials at Goose Chicks Pod everywhere. Until next time, be kind to each other out there, and remember to keep it Ted. Osiris. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah! Down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? 
fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. <laughs>